Hello everyone, this is Mali Pontedith, your CEO of the SOAR Community Network and co-founder of SOAR Community Nebula. So as you know, the SOAR Community Network has recently launched uh, our global initiative and it's called the SOAR Community Nebula. Um, it's an online community where we're bringing corporate leaders, spiritual teachers, mindfulness practitioners, civic leaders, activists, nonprofit leaders, all good uh, living, breathing souls who are doing amazing things for our world. And we have a commitment this year to interview a thousand champions of change. And today we have one of the, the many people in my life that I just admire because of all the good work she's doing, how much she gives, um, not only through her business, because her business is her purpose, uh, but also what she does behind the scenes that we don't get a chance to talk about. And we're going to talk about that today and honor her for all the good things that she's doing uh, beyond profits, although that's important. Um, and so I would like to introduce everybody to Shira Harrington. Shira, thank you so much for saying yes to this. Thank interview. you, Molly. I'm delighted and honored to be part of your network. And thank you for reaching out. I just admire so much of what you do and consider you a soul sister. Oh, you too. Well, can you tell our audience just a little bit about who you are and the type of work that you're doing in the world from a professional standpoint, and then we'll move into all the cool things you're doing for the community. Sure, sure. So I have a business called Purposeful Hire. Um, best summed up by my tagline, for every hire, there is a higher purpose. I believe that with my whole heart and soul. Um, I am committed to helping employers and professionals to create highly engaged workplaces by serving with mutual purpose. And actually I would call it a higher purpose because I believe that God has given each one of us unique gifts and talents to serve the world with our heart. Um, you know, it's not about money. Money's important. We got to eat, right? But it's very much about uh, making a difference in the world by using the talents that we have been developing over the years. Um, in fact, interestingly, you don't know this, but it was one session years ago, you actually made a distinction between gifts and talents. I have used that in my own work since, and you, awesome. uh, you described it, yeah, yeah. Uh, you described it as a gift is something that we are innately endowed with, and the talent is that gift developed. And I have used that to inspire others, and so thank wow. you for that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm you too. Thanks for paying it forward. <laughs> Stay it forward. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I start with that because I, I do feel like we each have with this unique contribution and it can be done in so many different ways right it's not about necessarily working for a nonprofit or working for a social entrepreneurship or you could do that in any aspect of your life now some people have more of an opportunity um, in their professional sort of you know w2 or 1099 work mm -hmm. um, some have to do that more with their volunteer work or their family but however you define that it is extremely important to use our time on this earth, right, um, to, to steward and to shepherd that which we've been endowed with. So that's the sort of the concept and the way that that happens to manifest in my life is multiple practice areas that I've developed over the last decade or so. Um, I'm a recruiter uh, specifically for the association community. Um, uh, here in the DC area, although I do do national search as well. I'm a career coach and a career brander, and I help people from every sector to really showcase a brand that tells the world how they want to serve with purpose. Um, I'm, a, I'm a copywriter, so I do resumes and LinkedIn profiles, and I do websites for small businesses and all of that, um, and really kind of create that compelling, unique brand. Um, and I also am a generational diversity keynote speaker. I've actually launched into diversity and inclusion 
uh, speaking training in general. So diversity is a, is a big thing. And then fundamentally, I'm a connector, right? So like everything that I do is all about connecting and you, you're the same way. So this is why you and I connect so well. Um, and so it's all about connecting right people and with each other and with themselves. And I've gotten, I've launched into other sorts of um, organizational development practices recently, some culture work and team building, some executive coaching. So it's right, it's all of that kind of highly engaged workplace world. Um, that's my professional life. Um, would you like me to talk about my nonprofit now or would you like to wait? Uh, yes. Yeah, so let's, let's dive into um, a couple questions that will kind of circle back to your nonprofit work. For sure. sure. Um, one of the questions that we are asking all of our um, change agents is, you know, when in your life have you experienced um, a helping hand or a shoulder to cry on or someone really going out of their way to support you in a way that either change the course of your life forever or shifted your perspective in a very profound, meaningful way? You know, I was thinking about that question and I actually have to go back to, to very early years. Um, and it was a very subtle um, encounter, but I think looking back, it really impacted me. And that was my fifth, fifth grade teacher, <laughs> Mrs. Moskowitz. Um, she took me under her wing. Um, and she treated me like a friend, not just a student. I, I had an opportunity. I don't remember why this occurred, but I had the opportunity to go to her home for dinner. I think I even stayed over for the night or for some reason, maybe my parents were away, whatever it was. But for some reason, I got to connect with her like personally. She took me to her home and we went shopping for dinner and she taught me how to make orange marmalade chicken and all this stuff. And I remember distinctly that in that and it wasn't just then, but but I remembered particularly that, um, that visit. Um, she 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 respected me, and she treated me again like a friend, and she talked to me like an adult, not like a ten year old. I mean, to the point where she, I remember distinctly, she was talking about I think her her boyfriend at that time. She says, "Oh, he's too liberal." Now I didn't know what liberal meant when I was ten, but I remember her. I remember thinking, "Wow, she actually used a term with me as if I was a peer." And the reason why that made an impact for me is because I recognize that we all have a voice. And, and you, we need to respect people, right, for where they are, not because of their age or their status or their experience or whatever, but if we treat everybody with dignity and respect, um, there's so much potential out of that. And it really just, like, made me, oh, wow, this teacher of mine who's probably 30 years my senior, you know, took the time to respect me as a child. And I think that really set me off with a level of confidence and authority um, that I think has really impacted the world. And I wish I could thank her for that, but she was, she was very meaningful to me. Well, I love the, um, just the idea that this person just saw you and met you uh, where you are, probably in her, in her view, where you were here. And yeah. not so much your age or right. your circumstances. Right. That's like right. Just That's right. a 10-year-old student. Um, yep. That's really beautiful. So when you think of a community builder mm -hmm. or a champion of change like your teacher, yeah. what characteristics exemplify this person that you would probably say, absolutely, they're a change agent? They're, they're so, so you know what, I think I'm going to take it to a little bit of a broader concept, which is something you know very well. In fact, um, I, I, I need to bring it to our connection and our connection with a particular 
if you will, tribe of individuals um, that I'm going to call the go-givers. And you know exactly what I'm talking about here. And I, I remember when I first heard this concept, it was um, Glenn Garns, who I know, is, you know, is a professional in our community, um, who, who happened to mention this at a talk that at the time was through the YPLG group. And I remember him, it was a book, there's a book by the name, and I remember being so struck by it because not only do I believe in this concept, but there I've, I've started to notice, and I've actually imparted this idea to others when I'm teaching them about networking in particular. And how do you be a change agent by giving of yourself, right? Not expecting anything in return, but just giving for the sake of giving, period. Not for monetary value, not for selfish purposes, not because you're trying to be transactional, but just because somebody needs your help and you want to offer something of value to them. So for me, this is not a person. This is a prototype. This is the kind of individual you certainly exhibit it. others that you and I, we don't have to name names because we know who we're thinking of right now, right? Um, fall in this category. Um, I'd like to think that I'm part of that community, but I, I feel like um, that, that when we can inspire others to give of themselves, the world becomes a richer place, right? And, and that to me is, uh, there's nothing like it. Yeah, the go-giver. Well, as a go-giver, <laughs> how, how are you personally creating a better community, a better world? What causes do you care about? You know, talk to, to us about your nonprofit. Where do you give of your energy, resources, time, and love, and life experiences, your wisdom? How do you sprinkle that into the world? Sure. So that has really occurred over a, a number of different communities. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly, but then I'm going to land on the one that is really my heart and, and soul right now. Um, so over the years, I have done a lot of volunteer leadership in the DC community in particular, um, both in two, three primary uh, ways um, with the human resources community. I've uh, been served on the DC chapter of SHRM. I was the president of the HR Leadership Forum, really immersed myself in that world. I run a a listserv called the DCHR Brown Bag that has about 600 HR nonprofit professionals on it, right? So we're all kind of helping each other. So that's that one community. Uh, another community is my association community, right? So I, I, I have a couple of CEO roundtables that I run. I've been a volunteer leader with ASAE, the American Society of Association Executives, regular speaker, regular connector between, you know, practitioners and consultants and just sort of love to play in that space and help that, that community to, to thrive. And it's a very disruptive community right now, right? So we need people who are going to be kind of thought leaders. Right. Um, that's the second. The third is the job seeker community here locally. I speak regularly. Um, I volunteer regularly to speak at uh, about five different groups on a, all throughout the year um, where I'm able to impart advice, right, to, to job seekers and help them to really, you know, leverage their, their search and to connect with recruiters and connect with LinkedIn and then the, all, the, all of that stuff, right? So I have these three sort of major areas that, you know, clearly have a synergy together that I've been doing for years, years and years, I, at least a decade. Well, in some cases, two decades. I was going to say, I think more. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, two decades. Uh, different, different ways. Anyway, that's, that's, that's that. But that has all led to this nonprofit. And I, and I really would like to spend a few minutes on it because it is so imperative. And, I'm, and I feel like I and the volunteers that I have co-founded with um, are creating a movement. And it's an incredibly important movement. And it's, it's, it's addressing a hidden and plain sight problem in this country. And as your viewers watch this video, I can guarantee that if, not, if they themselves are not affected by this, they know somebody who is, or maybe many people who are. Um, 
So this hidden in plain sight problem is that we have a, um, a, an increasing cohort of professionals, age 50 plus, who um, without any additional support could be or, or usually are facing destitution. This is a problem because um, traditionally W-2 jobs have been the only avenue for professionals to work, right? This is what we're taught when we're 23, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we're saying, go get a stable job. And, and that is evaporating for a variety of reasons. Age discrimination is only one. And that's, we're targeting age 50 plus, but that's one reason. Outsourcing is another. There's a, it's extremely expensive to keep folks in, you know, employ payroll benefits and all of that. Um, and so there's this trend toward outsourcing. Uh, and then we just have these massive generational cohorts. I mean, we have a, a widening population now. Our population keeps bursting at the seams. And so we have 80 million um, baby boomers and 46 million Gen Xers and 100 million millennials, many of whom are competing for the same jobs. Same, same jobs. I mean, putting aside executives who tend to get hired a little bit older, right? Mm -hmm. so there's a bottlenecking going on. Then there's global outsourcing and AI. And I mean, I could go on and on. So you, you have this disruption going on um, where um, there is a, a huge, huge um, need for individuals to learn how to, um, to develop additional sources of income streams um, without needing to rely on W-2 employment. And so for that reason, um, I founded a, um, a nonprofit program called BoomerWorks, B-O-O-M-E-R-W-O-R-K-S.org. Uh, it was through an epiphany. And when I say epiphany, I mean God showed up. I bawled my eyes out kind of epiphany. In December of 2013, socialized this idea for a couple of years, ended up finding a woman who was literally the prototype of our community. She, um, she was a, what we call a gig worker, <laughs> a 50 plus gig worker, who decided to co-found and then we have had been running boot camps since then, um, and we're creating meetup groups in the area to shift mindsets and shift skill sets to, to understand how to repurpose your skills into 1099 or small business ownership, aka learn how to become self-employed. This to us is the answer um, for, for earning sustainable income no matter how old you are, right? Because if you got a brain, you can work. But if the, if the W2 market keeps pushing you out and saying you're too old or we've got somebody else or we've got a purple squirrel or a unicorn candidate we're trying to find and you're not it, mm -hmm. you've got to be able to think about income generation differently. And so this has been a passion of my heart um, for several years. I am a volunteer. I do not take any income from this, have no desire to do that. This is truly a labor of love. We have a growing cohort of volunteers now. We are, we're trying to scale in the D.C. area first and then scale nationally and then hopefully globally. We want we want a uh, kind of a platform to stand on, right? I think Weight Watchers, Toastmasters, that kind of thing, right, where it's a, a, a solid uh, program that others can then take and replicate. Uh, so this is a, a, heart, a heart passion of mine, and I do hope that others will, will join our community. Go to boomerworks.org and uh, uh, go to the Get Involved tab and join, go down to join our community and fill it out, and we will put you on our mailing list, and uh, we'd love to keep you abreast of what we're doing. That's so great. So where do you need the most support right now when it comes to this particular passion project of yours? Um, you know, besides people signing up, of course, right, more volunteers, but where else would you like to see some very practical ways people can really support you? 
you know, you, you mentioned the volunteers and people joining, joining re really those are the two major ways, but also getting the word out because this is a fire that's got to be spread. And so the more our brand, the Spoomer Works brand gets, gets noticed, um, the, the more traction we're going to get, right? The more alliance partners we're going to have, the more faculty we're going to have, the more uh, cities are going to say, raise their hand and say, let me do this. So it's not even just volunteers, it's just allied partners and people kind of coming in and saying, we want to bolster this because this is a, a novel idea. And I, I got to say, it's not that entrepreneurship is the novel idea because that's actually getting traction. Mm -hmm. uh, of all generations, which is wonderful. And there are even groups that we have found who do focus on the 50 plus community for entrepreneurship. I must make a distinction here. While we love those groups and we want to partner with those groups, the one distinction here is that we are helping to create what I call necessity entrepreneurs, people who otherwise would not have considered going solo and becoming self-employed, but need to do it in order to survive, which is very, very different than those individuals who have an entrepreneurial spirit. The people that we're attracting typically don't, right? They're like W2, they're desperate, right, for that stable income. And yet we're saying, look, if that's not working for you, let's, let's stop with the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And let's help you to go self-employed, repurpose the expertise that you have, but learn how to do it in this small business way, which is, of course, a unique skill set. You and I both know that, right? Yeah. Being ones ourselves. So the necessity entrepreneur is really the, the target for us. That is so fantastic. I'm so glad we're interviewing you. <laughs> because, you know, these are the types of conversations and the types of opportunities that we hope to inspire among our, our change agents because we don't know what we don't know. We're kind of in our own world where we have causes and, and issues and concerns that we care about. And then we're expanding our scope a little bit and saying, wow, I never thought yeah. about the boomers in terms of their psychological standpoint, their financial needs, their well-being, all of it is tied into whether or not you can sustain yourself, right? It, it is. In fact, if I may, if I may uh, pop in another individual here who you may want to interview, um, who's been inspiring for us and is part of our community. Her name is Elizabeth White. She wrote a book called 55 Unemployed and Faking Normal. She's had a TEDx talk. She's been interviewed on PBS three times. She's become a name unto herself. And ironically, the way she generates income now is by speaking about this topic. And she is addressing um, that this, she herself is part of the population. She was a Harvard MBA, nonprofit executive. I mean, like, right, she had the cred mm -hmm. and then found herself unemployed for long term, thought she was alone. See, this is it. Most people who are in this situation, that's why I call it hidden in plain sight. She thought she was alone. She created what she called a resilience circle of a few people who were just like her. And they would say, you know, they would say, oh, well, my, my lights got turned off. Oh, well, my, you know, I can't pay for gas. I mean, it was that kind of thing. And they supported each other. And then she wrote a book about it. And now, now she's socializing what's going on. We happen to be a solution, right? Mm -hmm. she, she has other solutions too on an emotional level. And she has this concept called smalling up where you kind of focus on the things that are important to you and that gives you a sense of satisfaction, but you do it in this sort of small, anyway, she says, you know, this idea of you got to get off your throne and, you know, do things that you didn't think you you would want to do because you got her an income. I mean, she's got a lot of great ideas to help people on a personal level. Where Boomerworks is focused on the, the income generation side of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there are more and more people. In fact, the Wall Street Journal just did an article on something very similar to this topic on December 20th, 2018. Um, they focused on the fact that 
a lot of folks are not able to retire, but it really, when you read the articles, case studies of the exact people that we're talking about who literally cannot cobble together an income and are just, uh, don't know what to do. So I think there's so many of us that need to contribute to this community in whatever way we can. We happen to be one solution, but I think that when someone gets inspired with what we're talking about right now, hopefully they'll get creative and say, oh, well, maybe I can't help with Boomer Works, but maybe I can uh, you know, give somebody a ride or give somebody a $25 gas, a gas card or whatever, um, to, or teach them a skill or maybe do bartering or whatever, but, but help people to, to weather this time and be able to, to be sustainable throughout their, the next chapter of their life. Thank God for you. Uh, I love it so much. Okay, so as we, as we move forward, can you, can you share with, with us a phrase, <clears throat> a, a quote, a comment. Oh, yes, I can. A philosophy that resonates with you and empowers you to keep going, especially in the space of the pro bono work that you do, the heart center things that you do, because you don't have to do it. Right, but you it's choose true. to. <laughs> you no, know, it's it's a and it's a get to and and, I, and look, there's so many quotes I can give, and um, but I, there is one that, that always comes back to me, and actually, it was my next door neighbor, mm -hmm. many years ago. She, in passing, she said this, and I was like, I was dumbfounded because this is so where I'm at. She says, "You never know how much space you occupy in someone's life." Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Ooh, that's it. Just that's it. I mean, you, we give and we have absolutely no idea the ripple effect. Look, like you, right? You did the gifts and talents, but you had no idea that that was going to be impactful. <laughs> no. And now all, all these other people get to benefit too. And how many, how many pebbles in the pond do we get to share in the world and just ripples out and, and we can make an impact. So you never know how much space you can occupy. Oh my goodness. Oh, Mashira, I can speak to you for days. So we absolutely have to get together for our lunch or breakfast <laughs> or dinner. Um, as we close out, can you please let us know, the audience know, how do they learn more about your passion project and all the other causes you care about? And um, most importantly, how can they connect with you? Sure. So I'll, on a, um, I'll give them two ways to connect, well, different ways to connect with me. So first of all, there is my business, as I mentioned. It's called Purposeful Hire, uh, the word purposeful, and then H-I-R-E.com. And I'm, my email is Shira at that. Uh, tagline um, and I'm open network on LinkedIn so they can reach me that way on the business side of things for boomer works again it's boomer b-o-o-m-e-r w-o-r-k-s dot org um, they can touch us through through that website um, and then I do want to make mention that there are several um, important job seeker community groups um, that again I speak at but I just want to give them a shout out because for those people who in the DC particularly the, the DC area who are looking for employment because uh, these groups are very employment focused, whereas BoomerWorks is self-employment oriented. I want to make mention of them, and in no particular order. Uh, one is the Career Network Ministry out of McLean Bible Church. Uh, another one is Career Confidence. Another is 40 Plus. Uh, another is POAC, P-O-A-C, they meet out of Laurel. And then finally, JCA, the Jewish Council on the Aging. Those are five of, the, I would say, the main groups that are offer free community service uh, that I think anybody should want to uh, to connect with if they're looking for full-time work. 
That's awesome. We'll be make, we'll make sure to mention that in our our um, blog posts when we describe mm -hmm. the interview, so everyone mm -hmm. can actually click on those links. Uh, thank you again for your time, your commitment, okay. the beautiful work that you do in the world. And, for and you, Molly, thank you for all your work and for pulling this community together. You're a blessing to everyone. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. All right. Have a blessed day, Molly. You too. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.